Hello, hockey fans. Welcome to episode number five of the PhD podcast. I am Mitch. I will be here to take you through everything that you need to know about in the world of Pittsburgh-based hockey. Today I have a very, very, very special recording. We are at Alpha Ice Complex here in Harmerville. It is the St. Margaret's Tournament. And I say we because I am bringing in somebody special here to help me co-host this podcast. He is one of our writers and one of our, fe- sorry, one of our feature writers. And somebody just yelled at me for calling him by the wrong name. He needs multiple names for whenever he's with us. I am talking, of course, with Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Wisniewski. How you doing, Andrew? Great, Mitch. It's good to be here. It's good to have you on the show today. We're going to be talking about, of course, the PIHL St. Margaret's Tournament, preseason face-off tournament here at Harmerville. We got, I was at the In the Rink with Johnstown on Saturday, I was there checking out the Johnstown Tomahawks, and I apologize. That was on Friday. My days are all mixed <laughs> up. I had yesterday off, so everything seems like it's a day later than it actually was. I usually don't get many days off work anymore. Um, Andrew, how is everything going with you, sir? It's great. It feels nice to be back cold in a hockey rink. You know, I feel like that's really the first sign of hockey seasons, like that first time you're in a rink and feel cold and I'm feeling that right now, so it's good. I've had a couple of those so far this year. This is my fourth foray back into the 200 by 85, so definitely uh, an interesting weekend. Um, well, we're going to start it right there. I had a weekend last weekend in last Friday night in Johnstown. Uh, I went and saw the Tomahawks, a couple players that we always talk about here. Of course, they have a uh, Roman Kramer who's going to a Robert Morris recruit. He'll be there next season. Uh, interesting news about Roman that I had heard from the public relations director down there is that he is on Youngstown's 30-man roster for this upcoming season. So he will be going through their training camp. Uh, he was not playing that night. Another name that popped up was Cam Haybear. Of course, you have a little bit of a history with Cam. Uh, you want to give everybody a little insight onto what I mean whenever I'm talking about Cam Haybear? Yeah, absolutely. So Cam is one of three siblings that's going to be playing at Robert Morris. His older brother, Grant, who uh, won the USHL, uh, what's it called, the Clark Cup, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. with the Fargo Force, I think it was last I year. it was Fargo. Um, so he won the Clark Cup and is now coming, and he's a freshman at Robert Morris. So we'll see him in the scrimmage in a couple weeks. Um, and I think, you know, he put up big numbers last year in the USHL, and they're expecting big things from him as a Colonial. And then Cam, who's on Johnstown, who Mitch saw the other day, and his sister, Allie, uh, they're both going to be coming to Robert Morris next year, Cam for the men and Allie for the women. So there's going to be three members of that family all playing at Robert Morris at once. And uh, I actually wrote an article on the three of them last year, I believe it was last spring, um, talking about you know, how special that was for them uh, and how unique it was for the program. It's, I think, the first time in the now 15-year history of the men and 14 of the women that there's going to be two members, two siblings on the men's and women's team at the same time. Uh, There had been one other pair of siblings that both played for each team, but they were not overlapping in years. So it's definitely a cool experience. And I know, you know, that's they were talking about how great it is for their parents that they can take one road trip and see all three of them at once. So... Um, it's definitely a cool thing to have the three of them coming, and uh, Cam is getting the taste of the Pittsburgh area uh, with his time in Johnstown this year. And I'll tell you about Cam. I went out on Friday night 
Cam is a little devil in the corners. He is a very tough and bumble player. He is perfect for the NAHL in Johnstown. He scored a beautiful two-on-one goal. Picked the corner on the the goaltender for the for Team USA. So definitely something you have you get to look forward to in the future for Robert Morris. Of yeah, course. And, I, and I'm uh, I'm not surprised when you say he's a devil in the corners. You know, he one thing that was really evident in talking to both him and Grant and Allie was that the three of them are very competitive with one another, especially Grant and Cam. Uh, you know, whether it be playing NHL on PS4 or, or playing, you know, hockey on the street, uh, they're always button heads and going back and forth. So I'm sure that comes out on the ice with all their play. And that's something you see a lot, though. And you have the uh, siblings that play or, you know, highly competitive. Uh, one that sticks out in my mind, of course, you know very well, Brittany Howard, uh, her twin brother, always trying to compete with her twin brother. And look where she's at now. Brittany Howard, of course, is now on the Team, U uh, team Canada for their fall tournament schedules. So it's nice to see that type of uh, progression from the players. She, of course, is playing for the Toronto Furies this upcoming season of the CWHL. Andy, Andrew, I apologize, <laughs> Andrew also oh, wrote an article about that. This uh, came out last weekend. We will try to re-social re, uh, that for you guys so you can see it, but you can check it out on the site. Um, we're going to... Bounce around that for a second. We're going to go stay, stick with Robert Morris, but a little bit of a Johnstown connection. Robert Morris, of course, named their leadership committee for this upcoming season. Uh, your captain will be Brandon Watt, the senior. Uh, Watt, of course, the son of the legendary Randy Watt, who <laughs> seems to follow everything, and a great guy. We met him once, so... Um, we know them well. He, uh, of course, spoke about... He was the one that had... Uh, I believe Francis Marat with him during the junior during his junior years. So they you know a little bit of a connection there, a little bit of a Robert Morris connection everywhere you look. Um, another alternate you're looking at is Alec Tonge, uh, prolific school uh, winger. Uh, had a rough freshman season, but he picked it up in his last two years. And you're another alternate, former Johnstown Tomahawk and Shaler native Luke Lynch. Luke Lynch, of course, uh, uh, by what I've heard, I've heard some definite things I can't uh, renown, but he is ready for this upcoming season. He was not happy with the way that last season ended, and I look forward to getting out there on October 6th and seeing them play. Of course, Luke Lynch spent his uh, NAHL time, his as a junior time, in with the Tomahawks. So it's definitely somebody out there. What do you think about that leadership committee that they Put, they're putting on the island for Schooly Squad. Uh, I think it's great. Um, I think, you know, every year since I've been, you know, following the team, I've always been impressed by the captains, and I think um, it's always the players that are playing in all situations for the team. So it's the players that are, you know, playing five-on-five, five, obviously, but then they're getting time on the power play, they're getting time on the penalty kill, and I'm not sure how much Watt played on the power play last year, but I know he killed penalties as well as mm -hmm. Tonj and Lynch, who definitely did both. Um, so I think, you know, you see it right there. Those are guys who are going to lead by example, both by putting up points and also blocking shots, you know, playing good defense and setting an example for a very young team. I mean, I think this is one of the younger Robert Morris teams we've seen in the recent years, a very small senior class after, you know, a huge senior class a couple of years ago. Um, so I, th I think that, uh, you know, they have a tall task, but I have no doubt that they're ready for it. 
We got a lot going on down here. Of course, Pine Richland and Butler just came back out for the third period. So we'll continue as we're going. Now, you're talking about those classes and you know how they roll through. I always say, you know, college hockey, high school hockey, any of these leagues, you see a four-year roll, and it's, you know, it's new faces every time. And that was, of course, we're looking four years ago now. That is That was Cody Wido's yep. class. So... You know, that was only a four-man. I think I believe it was a three- or four-man class. I believe it was a three-man class. So you're definitely talk, looking at that class this season. Um, Watt, of course, you're also looking at perseverance. He's yep. gone through uh, several injury scares throughout his career, only to come back stronger every time. So that's something that you look for in a captain to show your other, you know, these younger players. And you mentioned that, that's a big, fr that's a big uh, freshman class. Yeah, there are yeah. 12 or 13 new faces in that locker room. So... It's going to be uh, interesting to see how the dynamic looks whenever we get back to the ice in a couple weeks at, at the Island Sports Center. Yeah, and I think, you know, you look back to, uh, speaking of perseverance, I know Tyson Wilson, former captain, mm -hmm. he went through a bunch of injuries and then, you know, led that squad to regular season championship. Um, so, you know, I, I think that that's a good model for a captain is someone who knows mm -hmm. the highs and the lows and can, you know, portray that and pass it on to all the younger players. I mean, you're looking at a team who, you know, the, when the highs were the highs, it, they definitely were up top of that Atlantic Hockey Conference for a very, for a quite a few number of years. Of course, last year taking that step back, but still ending up in the championship game again. So, I mean, that's definitely something. I mean, you look at Watt; he has not known a Robert Morris team that didn't make a championship round. So, yep. Yep. Uh, and right. uh, I don't know if I'm gonna mess up your agenda here but speaking of championship game uh you want to talk about the big news we found out regarding got, that championship game yeah absolutely we got a big news for, especially for people who don't like to travel very far <laughs> um the atlantic hockey conference after i believe it was 12 or uh, 11 or 12 years in rochester new york is moving the championship game down to the harbor center in buffalo of course the harbor center is also home to the cha championship game for the women's side um, so we know it very well. It is the yep. home rink for the Canisius Golden Griffins. And, of course, Niagara just being right up the road is going to help that type of trouble. But it's also about an hour shorter of a trip yep. than it is to get to Rochester. So uh, it's definitely also several more places to stay in that area, too. Yep. So it's Better restaurants around. Well, I, come on. There, I, I was talking to Gary Heeman about this. He's very upset about the... Uh, the loss of the regular dinosaur barbecue on the opposite side of the Genesee River. So uh, very, very, very photogenic. That is Rochester, but welcome to Buffalo. I mean, you look at the last couple of years, the attendance hasn't exactly been great. Um, of course, that's partly in tone to the uh, RIT Tigers not being able to make that tournament on se on two or three of those years. So, yep. uh, but... At the same time, you got to be able to draw it in, and they're hoping that they're able to draw in at least Niagara, Canisius, and even Mercyhurst and Robert Morris fans will make that trip just because it's uh, the conference championship game. Yep, and RIT is, you know, they're only an hour away. So they're only an hour away. Then they'll you look travel. Army's a couple more hours away, but it's only an hour away to the, for the teams on the East Coast. Uh, so it'd definitely be an interesting fact. And, and yeah. Uh, I, I think I'm very excited. You know, I think it's, as you mentioned, the, the Blue Cross Arena, you know, it's an AHL arena, so it's it's big, but definitely too big, you know, for that setting. Um, I was there the one year when RIT beat RMU in the championship game, and it was definitely an electric environment, but you can't just count on one team to drive your attendance, and I think Buffalo is a much more centralized location and also a smaller rink that will be easier to fill in. I mean, 
when that place has got a good crowd in it, like it's been for some of those CHA championship games, it's electric. I mean, the there's something with the acoustics that when they have the bands playing and the fans cheering, it's just, you know, you just feel it buzzing. And I can't wait to see what the Atlantic Hockey Championship environment is like there. And it's not a knock on Rochester or the Blue Cross Arena as a, as a whole, but it, the Harbor Center is just a lot more vibrant. Mm -hmm. it, it's built for hockey, and I mean that in a way that it's well lit. You have There's not a bad seat in the house for the seats that are there. The corridors are all – you can see the entire rink from all the corridors. So it's a, it's a great, great, great facility for hockey, and I, I'm – ecstatic that Atlantic Hockey decided to do that. But, of course, that's only a one-year contract, so they're going to give this a shot. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think uh, – I forget if it was in the press release or some other quote I saw where, you know, just even for the teams themselves, it's better better locker rooms, uh, stuff like that, which mm -hmm. behind the scenes just, you know, makes every team at their best for a championship game, which is what you want. Absolutely. All right, we will be back after this. We're going to talk a little bit of St. Margaret's, and we're going to talk a little bit more about everything that's going on in the world of hockey. All right, of course, we are here at the St. Margaret's tournament at the Alpha Ice Complex in Harmerville. Uh, of course, we have first game today. We had Pine Richland defeat the Butler Golden Tornado 5-1. to one. We were able to get a couple players on to talk with us. Uh, first and foremost, we've got from Pine Richland, we've got Jared Lindauer and... Brandon Kazer joined me for the uh, for the podcast for today. And following this, I will have an interview with Ronan Miller from Butler, the captain for Butler, and a couple players from the Rams will be joining me here on the Pittsburgh Hockey Digest podcast. I'm here with two members of the Pine Richland Rams. I'll let them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Brandon Kasher. Uh, my name is Nick Lindauer. All right, and of course, I was just showing them right before we got here. Uh, if you follow anything we do, I do a lot, couple pictures during the games, and I like to throw some things up every once in a while. And <laughs> he wasn't very—he was kind of excited. I got a picture of him getting lit up in the first period. So, uh, Nick Lindauer, of course, over here. Um, guys, big season cup coming for Pine Ridge, and you're in that very competitive uh, North and West Conference over in mm -hmm. you know, Double A. Uh, of course, Montour going down to single A, and you're gaining Moon. Of course, he was the Division II champions last year. Yes. Um, just going to get more interesting this season. What What are your anticipated uh, things that you're looking forward to this season? Uh, well, uh, we're looking forward to uh, hopefully getting some good competition. Uh, we don't really know how the teams are faring right now because a lot of teams like Armstrong lost a lot of seniors and everything like that. So we really won't know what the what the division's looking like until the season starts. But uh, we're hoping to. Hopefully do well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a good challenge. Double A is a good division. You could make an argument that it's almost as competitive as Triple A. So we're just going to take one game at a time, and hopefully, you know, we lost against uh, Quaker last year in the playoffs. So I think we took that personally, and hopefully we'll come back this season and have a little bit of a chip on our shoulder. Yeah, you look at that and you <laughs> that Quaker team last year. I mean, taking out the uh, – Taking out Latrobe in the first round, and then you know coming on, they made a nice little run there towards the end. Yeah, but uh, definitely going to be interesting. You look at that, you know, you're looking at your conference. Of course, Hampton's out there playing right now, and you know, how do you feel? Like we're not going to put you on the spot, mm -hmm. but looking at this season, um, both seniors, yes, both yes. seniors. Uh, how has your progression looked through the last couple years for uh, each of you? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, we're I mean, I'm not trying to jinx anything here, but I think we got a great group of guys. Um, 
Uh, we have a lot of seniors on the team. We've uh, a lot of us have been playing uh, since junior year. I mean, sorry, sophomore year. Uh, me and me and Stud even got a, a little bit of a look freshman year. We played a couple games uh, playing up, so we should uh, hopefully have the uh, confidence that it takes to hopefully win a state championship. I think that uh, over the past couple of years, we've just been getting better. Um, around my sophomore year, we won uh, seven games, I think. Then last year, we made the playoffs, I think, with 10-game win. And uh, yeah. this year, uh, I hope we just keep going up. Mm -hmm. All right, now seniors, you, play, you mentioned you both played since your sophomore year. Mm -hmm. uh, you're seeing that progression move on. What, what are you trying to move along to the, uh, the uh, next generation, the younger players now, your current sophomores, your current freshmen? What, what uh, are you trying? The biggest thing is definitely confidence. Um, it's always scary for the little kids getting out there for the first time. Everyone seems a little bit bigger, a little faster. But uh, honestly, just the, the, the learning curve, if you're uh, around the right group of guys, isn't so bad. And... Um, I don't know. Yeah, hopefully they uh, they can get adjusted. And hopefully we can help them along the way. I would say just uh, work ethic is the one thing you need because you know if you're working as hard as you can every shift, coaches will play you and you'll get your shots. And it, you know mm -hmm. it'll just go your way if you keep working. Hey, thank you guys. Hope good luck the rest of your way here. Uh, yeah, thanks for having us. Thank no having problem. Us. Yeah. Take care. It's been an honor. Last year, you guys finished about middle of the pack, somewhere, you know, I believe fifth place was where you ended up in a 10 team. Now, of course, Plum moving down to double A, looking forward at the upcoming season. What, got, what are you guys adjusting on to make sure that you can move up in that very competitive triple A class? Um, we started in the summer after we picked our team. We picked our team kind of early. And we started working out in the summer with our strength and conditioning coach. And uh, three times a week, we were outside lifting weights and on the football field, running and conditioning. And then we went to summer days, we had conditioning and practicing, just trying to come together as a team and um, get better as a hockey team too. Okay, you're looking at the, uh, you're coming from last year, that finish, and then you're looking, looking towards this season. How much tougher will it be being only a nine-team conference, and now you have to see certain teams three times? How much tougher does that make it? I think it makes it a lot tougher because, you know, you probably have to finish at the top of your conference, maybe move on to the playoffs. So the guys you play more than once and three times, you got to make sure you win those games. You might not be looking at a playoff spot this year. Okay, and you personally, you know, named captain this season. Uh, how, how does your progression look throughout your, your time with Butler? Uh, good so far. Um, I was happy to be named captain. It was a goal of mine when I, was, I made the team as a freshman. I worked as hard I as I can to try to make it, and I was happy enough to be made captain. And what have you worked on personally in the offseason for your next? Mostly just trying to lose some weight and get faster on the ice, work on my skating. When I first started, I was not the strongest skater, but I worked hard and I got a little bit faster. Thank you. Right after that, we saw North Allegheny take on the Hampton Talbots. And we were able to catch up with a couple of the Talbots, Michael Orban and Mike Comandatore. So here are those two gentlemen turning into their senior years at Hampton High School in the PIHL. All right, I'm back here with two members of the Hampton Talbots here at St. Margaret's Tournament. I let them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Mac Mentor, number 48 for Hampton. Michael Orban, number 51 for Hampton. All right, guys, how, how's, how's the offseason for you guys? I mean, we're back in hockey now. Am I correct? This is finally happening. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good to be back. During the offseason, we did a lot of uh, conditioning, a lot of workouts, and uh, a lot of on-ice stuff, too. 
So we got a new head coach, new assistant, so taking some getting used to, but they're great, and it's uh, fun to learn some new stuff from them. Yeah, um, new coach and new assistant, I've done a good job of coordinating things, I guess, on the ice and off the ice working out. And we got a good group of older guys here with a good young core, and we're all hard workers, and I'm excited for the year. All right, you got that big conference this year. You're looking at Mars, Pine Richland, and Moon moving in from Division II. Um, what do you believe are the hardest, the hardest thing you're going to be looking at that schedule, and you know, what do you have to do to get to the point of uh, being able to overcome that this year? Yeah, I know we have a couple hard games right off the bat to start the year, but we think we're confident this year. We think we can take them on. And uh, once we get rolling, we don't think we're going to stop, and we think we can take a rush at this. Yeah, we got a lot of uh, returning seniors and uh, actual, actually a couple uh, new seniors who are pretty good. So our core is looking pretty good, and then with supporting cast, and from the game tonight, you saw our goalie played out of his mind. He's just two good goalies. Really complete team, so it should be a good year. All right. Now, what have you guys done individually to prepare for your senior years here with the, with, in the PIHL and in Hampton? Yeah, um, I know a lot of us, we play on multiple teams, so between that team and our high school team, we're, on, we're constantly on the ice, constantly working out, putting in time on the ice, and um, it's going to allow us to be better for our senior year because we know this is our, our last ride, so the seniors really want it out here. Okay. And you mentioned that young core coming in. What do you guys as a senior class want to leave as a legacy for that for the younger players moving along? Well, I think uh, a Penn's Cup and a state championship would be pretty nice to build off of, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. Uh, if, we, if we can get one this year, we got an upcoming freshman that they'd have the target to win, and we can show them how to do it. They'll have the confidence to do it themselves in the future. All right, gentlemen, thank you again. Good luck on this upcoming season. All right, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your nights. Good luck, sir. Take care. Hello, everybody. Mitch here, and we are talking Mitch's Challenge. Of course, Mitch's Challenge is trying to find the best student section in the PIHL. I'm looking for all classifications. Anytime that I'm in the rink, I'm going to be paying attention to some, a lot of the action, but also the student sections because I want to see... The, what you guys got out there. I want to see a very rowdy section. I want to see some sections that are having a good time. I want to see you guys do everything short of getting thrown out, anything that could actually stop or harm the game. Bring your signs. Get that face paint on. Have a good time. At the end of the season, whenever I decide who wins Mitch's challenge, they might get something out of it. We're still working on the details for it, but I definitely want to see your best out there. So I don't care who it is, classification, single A, double A, triple A, D2. Bring out your best when I'm in the rink, and we will see you in the rink. So that being said, Mitch's challenge is in full effect for this season. Any home game that I come to with your your local team, please come. I want to see your best student section out there. Uh, that being said, next week we will be. I will be at Kirk Nevin Arena on Saturday afternoon and evening. It will be Hempfield, Penn Trafford, South Fayette, and South Park Indy Greensburg Salem tournament. Uh, that is all pending on if Kirk Nevin Arena is reopened in time. Of course, the uh, the recent floods from the the tropical storm made their way through the area, and that is a low-lying area. 
Uh, the park itself was underwater for an extended period of time. And, of course, they believe they had to let's cancel a couple games on Monday night. So we'll see if that happens coming up. Uh, the following week, I will be back here on Monday night for the 5 o'clock games to be played in for the championship game of the St. Margaret's Tournament. Hopefully we can get a couple players on to talk with us in between those games. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, then at the end of next week, we're back. Robert Moore's Women Colonial Hockey Club will host the Ontario Institute of Technology. Is that We went over this several times to make sure I had the right pronunciation of it. It was, it of course is the University of Ontario Institute of Technology. They are the Ridgebacks. They will be invading the island next Saturday at 7.05. So if you get a chance to go out and see the Robert Morris women, now then is a great game for them. You'll get to see every player that's out there. There's an unlimited bench. So that makes, I believe, Andy feel a little bit happier that he retired when he did. <laughs> Got several, you know, with as many players that are on Paul Colantino's squad this coming season. It'll be interesting to see how everything plays out like we were just talking about. Yeah, and so. I, I think uh, the other thing is, you know, it's preseason hockey, but it's also a preview of, you know, one of the big rivalries in the CHA. You know, we have RIT and RMU, so this is <laughs> sort of a preview. We have OIT versus RMU, it's so the it's the Ontario RIT version. of Canada. It, it so. is the Ontario version of RIT. Yes, yes. So they better not bring their band. <laughs> that was not a, yeah, it was. That was a shot at the band for RIT. I apologize. I'm not like that, but eh, maybe I am. But that's how it'll play out. Like I said, it's a great time. Go out and see the team. And then the following week, they open their season, I believe, against St. Lawrence. Yep, yes, they so do. So they will be there 705-305 on 28-29. Yeah, so and, you know, there's – I don't think the preseason rankings have come out yet, but St. Lawrence was a team that was consistently top, like, five, I think it was, last year. So – that's going to be a pretty incredible series to start off the season. Well, they have. I mean, look at that. They open up the season against St. Lawrence. They go to defending, two-time defending national champion Clarkson. Uh, then they host RPI. And then they go back for that rivalry game at Mercyhurst, that rivalry series, every year, 1920. I'm going to see if I can make that this year. I, I really want to make that happen. That's always a fun time to go up to that game, that series. Uh, so you look at that schedule and you're like, oh, Colgate, that's a top three team. Minnesota State they faced last year. Cornell, Penn State, Minnesota, the Golden Gophers, always a tough team. And then you've got through the remainder of the season's just your your regular team. So it, it's a tough out-of-conference schedule next year. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, that's how you get better. You know, you, and, you, You're not going to – you could, but – you have a better shot at beating those top-tier teams come national tournament time if you already played a couple of those teams throughout the season. So that can only help them. And I was chatting with somebody about this uh, the schedule and you know, somebody that was you know within a high rank on the team, and they're they're telling me, you know, if this team if this team can go 500 out of out of conference and do what they did in the conference last season, this is a top five team in, yep. in the NCAA, and that, that's. That's a tough sell, especially when you look at that schedule. So yeah, if they can I, I go. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> the other thing is uh, with the way the what they call the pairwise rankings, and if you're familiar with that workout, um, a lot of it comes down to the strength of your opponents and also how you do versus those opponents. So 
if you know Robert Morris knocks off a couple of victories against those teams and then they go on and beat other good teams, that makes Robert Morris sort of, if you will, by the transit property better from this pairwise perspective. So when only eight teams make the tournament, you know, that gives them an even better shot at getting an at-large bid. So Yeah, definitely. The last couple of years they didn't exactly have a, a, a what would look like a strong schedule on paper. I mean, they faced Clarkson a couple times. They faced Clarkson that one time uh, during the Windjammer tournament. Then they had Ohio State four times. So, like, you look at those those games, and, you know, then you come into this season, you got two of the top three teams in the league, in, in NCAA Division One, and a couple others. So, yeah, it'll definitely be an interesting way of going about it for this upcoming season. All right, we are back at the St. Margaret's tournament here in Alpha and... I believe Pine Richland just put one on the board. Nice little one-timer. Yes, they did. Nice shot. 5-1 Pine Richland, 12.57 remaining in the first period here at Alpha. Uh, but we are not calling the game. The PIHL would get very, very angry at me if I tried to call the game. Uh, but uh, can't get away with that anymore, at least. Maybe one day. Maybe one day they'll let me do it. Maybe. But they won't let you do it. Nah, you keep they don't, they don't want me to do it. You got your, <laughs> well, at least Pine, maybe Pine Richland or Montour wasn't like, wouldn't let you to do it. Very you true. Know, why, why would that be, huh? Yeah, so, uh, so I was realizing as I was sitting here talking to Mitch that those white and green jerseys that Pine Richland's wearing looked very familiar, and it reminded me of, uh, I was probably early winter, you know, maybe January or February last year when I believe it was Mitch took photos of a Pine Richland versus Montour game. Um, and I Mon remember it well. It was Pine Richland Montour at the Island Sports Center. I believe it was actually November. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'm a little off on my timing, it's but okay. I had the teams right. <laughs> um, but essentially, you know, I, I compared Pine Richland's jerseys to the University of North Dakota's jerseys, which if you were to Google them, you'd see the comparison. And then I said that Montour's jerseys looked very similar to AIC's, which is a team in Atlantic Hockey, Robert Morris's conference. Um, and I believe the score was something like 8-3 or something like that with Pine Richland winning. And I said, you know, the jerseys look similar, and I think the result is similar, too, to what would happen if North Dakota faced AIC. Um, and I, I remember I, I took a little slack on that one from a Montour player or two for uh, talking down their team, which it was, it was good-hearted. You know, I, I was just comparing the jerseys and comparing relative skill levels, and, you know, I'm sure that both teams were you know, playing well and everything, and there was no foul intent. But I, I think we talked about it last year on the podcast whenever I, uh, towards the time that we were ending up stopping it and you were a uh, call-in co-host yep, at the time, yep. and we were joking around about it. And I actually, Alan and I had a little run-in too uh, with Hemfield and Penn Trafford at the time, and yeah, it was just a good thing because, like, Alan went to Penn Trafford, I went to Hemfield, so we always joke whenever those two play. But at the same time, you know, I guess you got to watch how you word things on Twitter because in the Twitterverse, everything's a big deal. So there's nothing you can really do about that. And, yeah, that was uh, – I, I feel your pain. I, I know how that is. And it's just ironic right now because Pine Richland's playing on the main deck right in front of us. And directly to our left on the European rank is is uh, Montour. So he, yeah. it was uh, – Nice little fun for him. And also, speaking of ironic, uh, I'm looking out here on, on the ice, and one of the officials for this game is Schmidt, and I definitely recognize him from refing games on the island for Robert Morris. So uh -oh. another connection tonight. Uh-oh. Yeah, you got a lot of referees to, to do multiple events, so it's uh, 
it's definitely one of those things you don't really pay attention to in the beginning, but you'll see it. And like we're starting to see a lot more of the referees that I recognize follow us on Twitter, and so I'm guessing they're just paying attention to what we're saying about them, and maybe they're trying to find pictures of themselves yeah, whenever yeah. we make we take pictures. But yeah, and yeah. you know, the, all the all the officials have a tough job because you know a lot of times the players don't like them, the coaches don't like them sometimes, and the fans don't like them. So they're, they're kind of everyone's enemy, but. You know, they're, they're people just like us. You know, that's one thing I sort of got to know when when working uh, for Robert Morris. You know, I got to know a bunch of the officials, and they're all great guys and girls and, you know, good people to talk to. So well, I'm glad they're move. following along with the hockey scene. Yeah, that was a heck of a little move down there. A little dipsy doodle from Gillen. Whew. A nice little play down in the corner. Try to get the shot on. Didn't happen, but you got the shot on. You tried to get the shot on. Anyway, yeah, and of course, people that don't know uh, Andrew's history, he's Andy when he's an interview, when he's being interviewed, <laughs> but whenever My he's a co-host, co he's a co-host name, he's yep, an Andrew yep. Wisniewski, um, is the Wiz was a was the equipment manager for the Robert Morris women's team the year that they won the championship. Yep, and the year before. And the year before so. that. So it was a nice little Great time to know, but he also he got to know, you know, the staff and everybody real well. And of course, our stat, our uh, our guest later is going to be Logan Biddle. He's going to talk to us about the Robert Morris men's 15th anniversary season. Andy's put together a little bit of a a nice little drill sergeant style Q and A for him in a bit. We're going to play that back for you, but uh, definitely going to be interesting. And I guess since we're talking about that, Andy, yeah. Other than the championship game, what was your favorite moment doing while you were doing that? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I think it's a lot of the little things that really stand out. You know, it's it's like the little moments that you don't really see. You know, just as a hockey fan, uh, that sort of behind the scenes look was really what stood out to me. So whether it was all the stuff that needs to happen for a team to travel or you know to have meals on the road, whether it's the logistics, like I was fascinated by that and all that stuff that happens and then uh you know seeing all the superstitions of the players and their habits and things like that that um you know so routine and you know everything really had to be perfect and you know when these people have been playing hockey their whole lives you can see why you know it, uh you know they expect the best and it's those little things that you know give them the edge mentally to perform at this high level um and then I also think I really gained an appreciation for the work that every single player puts into practice. Um, you know, we normally only see them in games, but when you're there every day seeing them work out on the ice, you know, doing all these drills, skating, shooting, passing, everything, and doing it effort, effortlessly. Wow, I can't talk. Um, it's all right, man. It's only a podcast. You don't have to worry about talking. Right. Um, <laughs> but just seeing them do that and then, you know, then going out to work out off the ice and mm -hmm. all that and just the amount of time that they're putting in, you know, three, four hours a day to get ready for two games on the weekend. And they're also students at the same time. Like, you really gain an appreciation for the sacrifice they make timing-wise and everything just to perform at that high level and to see them eventually get rewarded with the championship was just as good as it gets absolutely absolutely and of course they have had their turnover too but we've talked about it a thousand times they've got a quite a few number of freshmen coming first first years coming in yeah and they actually uh, if you look on twitter the ncaa ice hockey account which is the main account for mm -hmm. college hockey um 
they've been doing a feature where they have like a little graphic of each women's hockey team with some you know key key returners and key newcomers and Robert Morris was actually the feature team today so go check that out and you'll see who they call out and you know maybe let us know if you agree or disagree with who they said and if they missed anyone who should they have put and that, that's a huge thing that you just brought up uh, that the NCAA you know you usually see these teams you know your Clarksons or your you know your your bar maybe even men's side Boston College or you see these major teams get all this uh, oh, nice save like I said, we're at a live games, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna commentate however I feel fit. Um, no, but you see these teams like these Clarksons and Mercyhurst, who has a, a storied history, and Wisconsin and all these teams. You see, then you get a team like Robert Moore, so just recently has started to garner the respect of the team. And I'm not gonna say it's not gonna be tough for Robert Morris this season to continue that pace. Uh, they're out of they're out of conference schedule is wicked hard this coming year but the uh you know you can't it's hard to replace a player like Brittany Howard who moved on of course this past year so it's going to be interesting to see how you know how the team functions this year and they haven't named their leadership core yet and I'm, I'm excited to find out who that is I have my guesses and and such but it'll be interesting to see how that what dynamic that Paul Colantino is going to try to bring to the table this year. Yeah, definitely. I I think you know this this is their quote unquote big class. Um, last year was as well, but they sort of have two classes in a row in their cycle that are big. Um, and you know th this team won the championship as sophomores, um, so they definitely know you know what it takes to win. And they also you know that their freshman year wasn't that great of a year for them. They I think they finished like fifth place, and then lost the first game and then had to win two in a row just to make it to Buffalo and then mm -hmm. lost there. So uh, they sort of know it both ways. And, you know, sort of like we were talking about with Watt and them before, they sort of know both sides of it. And anytime you have someone like that leading the way, you know, anyone from that group could lead this team and, you know, help them find success. And you're looking at players, uh, you know, such as Katie Sadoe, who, you know, of course got had the horrific injury two years ago. Uh, but you know, was able to jump back last year, and she, you know, they definitely she stepped up with uh, Sarah Coranta, and those that line with Natalie Marcuse going into that postseason was absolutely lights out, and with those three coming back this year, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that that dynamic runs. But you know, when you look at the, you know, and we talked about this while a couple times about okay, well, how does how do things shake out with the new players? And, you know, it's tough to say because you don't see the you don't see how anybody plays. I mean. By by every account that I've heard so far, is that this Janie Sandoval is an absolute lightning quick skater, but I I only saw her during the preseason exhibition game. She didn't skate. She didn't dress up for the the rest of the game. So it's going to be interesting to see how you know the dynamic of the team starts to go. But you look at that defense though. That defense is returning four starters. I'm oh, sorry, yeah, four starters, and uh, Morgan Shower, the uh, Penguins elite product uh she she's going to be coming back this season they're adding two two first years so it's going to be interesting to see you know what the dynamic of this team is going to look like going yeah. into the season and i think it's good you know they this class especially is very balanced where they have two key defenders and you know welsh and maggie um that can sort of take ownership of that blue line which is admittedly young mm -hmm. um and then you know they got a bunch of 
senior forwards, you know, Amber Rennie and, as you mentioned, Sadaway and Caranta, um, you know, and they're just going to be ready to lead the way and up front. So you sort of need it on both sides, and they're going to have it. It's the funny thing. We're, like, we're doing all these, like, okay, well, who's playing with who? And then nobody, like, was able to come up with where's Templeman playing. Right. Because it's basically anywhere where she can play. Because she, you know, as prolific as she is at this time, you know, She's just going to get better in the next couple of years. So yeah, and and that's the that's the great thing is you you don't want to have all your talent stacked onto one class. Obviously, you know that doesn't really make sense to do it that way. And I think you know you look at every class and there's key players that are just going to keep getting better for the Robert Morris women's team, and that's exciting. You know, it, you know you, that's how you replace a player like Howard is you have depth at all your classes that can just keep getting better, and you know. And that, that's do that. where success breeds success is where you, you know, you're going yep. out there, you have, you put a couple good seasons together. Guess what? Now your, your recruiting class starts to look a lot better yep. and players want to start coming to play for your team. And the last couple of years have been very good for, especially, you know, winning the CHA title in, I believe, 2012 and then moving up and then winning the championship game and going to the NCAA tournament two years ago. You know, you're going to see players want to actually come play for your program because they're seeing that progress going on and what you're yep. doing so yep and uh, i think the other thing is you know that uh speaking of that big class you know th that class is i think there's something to be said for never reaching that level of success and wanting it but i think it's something else when you've had it then the next year gotten it sort of taken away from you you know they were the, they won the regular season again but then lost in the championship game and I think there's something to be said for that fire to want to get it back before they're they're done. You know, this is their last year, and they've they won it, and they want that title back. So I think you know that has to excite you as a fan to know that this team's going to be really driven, having a class like that leading the way. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Uh, well, we will be back. We're going to speak with Logan Biddle, uh, the associate head coach for the Robert Morris Women's Colonial Hockey Club. All right, everyone. So I'm here with my good friend, Logan Biddle. He's, of course, the associate head coach for the Robert Morris women's team. Um, but today we're actually going to talk to him a little bit about his hockey playing days because probably right about 15 years ago, you were skating with the very first Robert Morris men's team, Logan. So uh, first off, can you believe it's been 15 years since you were first on campus as a Colonial? No, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. It's uh, It seems like it was just yesterday and... Um, I remember our first team meeting, uh, Derek saying that this, the four years would go by so fast and you kind of thought he was a little bit crazy saying it, but, um, you know, those four years went by really fast and the, the next 11 have gone by just as fast. So it is pretty crazy to think that that was 15 years ago. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, you grew up in central Illinois, you played juniors in the Midwest. So sort of explain how did you end up coming to play college hockey at Robin Morris? Yeah. Um, you know, like I mentioned, Derek, he, he recruited me uh, to come out here. And, uh, you know, my best friend growing up actually uh, had come out a year prior to help me. He was actually one of the first recruits to Robert Morris, came out a year early. And uh, he called me one day and said how much he loved Robert Morris and, and Pittsburgh and, and uh, that I would love it out here. So uh, the second that uh, Coach Schooley said that they were interested in me, and um, you know, I thought that that would be a great opportunity. So I... I kind of jumped on that and said, uh, let's start something new and, and the opportunity of starting a new program. And 
and being the first to do kind of everything in the program was something that resonated with me and something that I was looking forward to. So uh, my decision was pretty easy, actually, once once I got the, the opportunity to come here. Definitely. Um, so, you know, speaking of first for the program, uh, your team actually managed to win the first game against Kenesha. So, you know, what was that like? Was that something you expected? Did it just sort of happen? You know, look back <laughs> yeah, on Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody really expected it. I think if you could go back and look, I don't know how, how many internet uh, clippings there are still from 15 years ago, but I'm pretty sure we were picked to win zero games that year. So <laughs> um, to, to jump out uh, in the first game and, and get a win was uh, probably one of the more memorable moments now looking back on it. But uh, you win the first one, and, you, and then all of a sudden you start thinking, hey, we might be able to win all of them. Um, and obviously that wasn't the case, but... Um, that, that first game going out there with, with, you know, 22 to 24 new guys that had never done that before and, and being able to get onto the ice and, and uh, to bring home a win was pretty special. Yeah. So, you know, with a team of all new guys, you know, the team had never been together before. How did, you know, the coaches, the leaders sort of get that team into one cohesive unit? Sure. Yeah, we we were lucky. We had uh, Kurt Wright, who was our first captain, who had had been around college for a couple years, and uh, so he kind of led the way and kind of showed the young guys kind of what college hockey was all about. And um, you know, our leadership group with with that year with Rob Cowan as well. Uh, he was a four year captain for us, and and you know, we, we even though we were a, a young team as far as freshmen, we were an older bunch and had a lot of, a lot of mature guys that uh, you know were professionals and really knew what they what needed to be done and and you know we had our ups and downs and we we certainly had our moments uh where things weren't going great but um you know to kind of uh build off that you know we started out camp and nobody knew anybody and you know by the end of, you know, end of training camp we were ready to go play and and I, you know the coaching staff and and uh and uh the captains and just the whole group kind of joined together because said hey we're all in this we're all in this together you know this is all first for all of us so you know we kind of had that to rally around Definitely. So, you know, looking back to that first year, is there maybe a memory or a moment, whether it's big or small, that really stands out from that first year and you'll never forget it? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously the, the, the first game and the first win um, was, was something, like I mentioned, that, that I'll never forget. And I think that, uh, you know, you can look back on it and smile. And, you know, I think really the, the, the first home game was something pretty cool as well. Um, you know, getting dressed in the locker room for the first time, getting ready to go on the ice and, uh, you know, like I mentioned, with a whole new group of people and uh, starting something new and, you know, kind of thinking back on that process and that, that first game at home and kind of seeing where the program is now, just you kind of laugh and smile, you know, the little things that made us excited that, that probably the guys today wouldn't even have, we wouldn't even think about. But um, it was definitely uh, an awesome experience to get to, to put on the jersey and play at home for sure. And um, so those are probably the two that really stand out the most. And like I said, obviously just kind of doing the first for everything, the first programs win, uh, first, first win of the program, the first league win, all of those fun things. So it was a really special year. Yeah. So, you know, you sort of hit on that. Uh, you know, the little things that made you guys excited or whatever. So, you know, obviously you have a good feel on where the program is today and the facilities at the island. So, you know, looking back, what's something that, like, some someone today, like a player, wouldn't even be able to comprehend it being like for you guys? Yeah, um, well, uh, one of the things, and I kind of always laugh now, and, and 
ways you kind of have some experience in, in working with the girls team on the equipment side of things. But um, uh, we actually got our first year. I think we got uh, two t-shirts and a pair of shorts for our wow. workout gear. <laughs> um, that was that was what we had, and um, you know I think that's nowadays. You know, they're getting their shoes and their book bags and their shirts and all their swag and. Um, you know, we, we, we basically had a, a plain old t-shirt and a pair of shorts and, and we were expected to go work out and that was, and that was just, just fine for us. Uh, one of the other things that had actually popped up on Instagram or Twitter or something is one of the throwback Thursdays, but, um, our first home game, uh, Brett Hoppy scored a hat trick and he did it using a wood stick. Oh, wow. So, um, you know, I think nowadays it might be, it might've been the first and only, uh, hat trick scored in Robert Morris history with a wood stick and probably the last one in college hockey as well. Um, <laughs> because 15 years ago, wasn't that long ago. There was, you know, wood sticks still weren't that popular, but, um, so I think that's kind of funny too, but I tell you what, we've, it's come a long way and, um, you know, the support from the school and the support from the university and, and, uh, you know, everything that goes into it. Um, they've, they've turned this program from, you know, a, a new program started out to kind of doing everything for the first time and learning on the fly to, the one that runs really well and is a perennial contender every year. Yeah, so you actually segued me nicely into the next thing I wanted to talk about. So your junior year, uh, you guys played a home-and-home home against Notre Dame, who was number two at the time. You know, First you played at home and lost 6-2 at the Mellon Arena. And then uh, two days later, you went out on the road and beat them 4-2. So it was, from what I can tell, the program's first win over a ranked team. So what can you sort yeah. of say about that? Uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, um, you know, we uh, the first game was at uh, Mellon Arena, so I was out. We were obviously excited just to play at, at the you know the NHL arena and to play the number two team in the country was was kind of in the background. But uh, we went out there and we actually didn't play a bad game. We we were tighter with them than than probably a lot of people expected. The score didn't really indicate that, but yeah, um, you know, to turn around and. Um, and that was probably the biggest crowd that we had played in front of uh, at that point. I think there was four or 5,000 people there, which was pretty neat. Um, so, you know, we got on the road and we, we drive to South Bend. And um, I actually, you know, being from the Midwest, I had played in that arena quite a bit growing up. Um, so I had a lot of family and friends in the stands. But, uh, you know, we went out there. And, it, it, again, it was one of those games where, you, you know, you expect when a new team upsets a, a top team that, you know, they were drastically outplayed. And, you know, maybe the goalies go one for them. But, um, at the end of the day, we actually outplayed them quite a bit. Um, you know, it was a very, very even game, at least, and uh, we had to kill a lot of penalties, And um, as you normally do when you go on the road against a, a top opponent. But um, it was it was one of those things where we scored on our opportunities and we didn't give them much. And uh, I remember, I think, uh, some of the joking in the locker room after the game was, because uh, it was a Sunday game, we, we, we joked with Coach Cooley that we'd see him on Wednesday, give us a couple <laughs> days off there, but um, – he definitely didn't do that, but it was a, it was a fun bus ride home for sure. Definitely. Um, so, you know, over the years, I feel like, you know, the Army men's team and, and the women's team for that matter, but um, they've had a knack for upsetting some, some of those high-ranked opponents, you know, Miami, UMass Lowell, Penn State, Quinnipiac, Notre Dame. You know, why do you think that is that the Colonials, you know, sort of this small program, still only 15 years old, that's been able to do that so many times? Well, I, I think it's part of uh, the culture at RMU. You know, I, you know, maybe don't get the the, the highest end talent. You know, the, the NHL draft picks or the kids that are going to go play in the NHL. But what you get is you get a kid that that you know paid their dues in juniors, maybe played an extra year, did all that stuff a little bit older, a little bit wiser, 
Um, and they they just seem to really put it together in those games. And you know what? In hockey, and and in really any sport, but hockey in particular, uh, you can't take any games off. And, you know, I think you know when you get some of those bigger name programs in, and they see that they're you know especially the first year they're playing Robert Morris, they just expect it to be a win. And and um, you know we kind of took it personally as as a new program. And uh, I know the guys that followed me did the same thing with those big upsets that you. So um, I just think you know that. The, the mentality of Robert Morris is, is just that we're going to go do do what we need to do, work as hard as we possibly can, and uh, for the program, they've been able to keep that mentality, but also get a few more skilled players in the yeah maybe the first couple of years. Um, you know, I, I kind of watch practice now and laugh, thinking there's no way I could. Uh, they're just they're just way better than, and I think any, any of the guys that were on our team probably. Agree. So it's uh, it's amazing to see how far the program's come in, in just such a short time. Definitely. Um, so, you know, that year, uh, you guys ended up making it to the CHA finals, but it looks like lost in overtime to Alabama Huntsville. So, you know, despite that loss, how big of a step was that for the program and for you guys? Uh, it was big. It was really big. You know, I think it was, uh, it was kind of a strange year that year. And, and the fact that Austin Huntsville, um, kind of upset a couple teams to get to the finals in general. So it was, one of those games where it was like, well, whoever wins is going to make the NCAA tournament. Neither one of us was going to be 500. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of wide open, but, um, you know, we earned our way there. We won, we beat two good teams and, um, you know, to have a, a we had a four nothing lead in the, after the first period. And um, still, when I think about it, it's pretty tough to talk about to, to lose, end up losing that game in overtime. But um, you know what? It was, it was something that, that proved that we could get there, uh, proved to the guys, that, you know, proved to incoming recruits that we were just one, you know, that close to making the NCAA tournament. And um, it probably took a little longer than Coach Cooley would have liked, but um, to see uh, to see the guys make it a few years ago, I was actually able to be in Rochester to watch that game. That was a really special moment, um, you know, for me. And I was talking with some of the alumni uh, that I played with during the game. And, um, they were paying attention. It's and uh, it was really, really a, a fun thing to see those guys be able to celebrate and, and finally get that team to the NCAA tournament. Definitely. Um, so, so looking back, what does it mean to you to have been a member of that inaugural RMU hockey class? Yeah, um, you know what? It's uh, I don't know if I could put it into words eloquently enough to to really say how much it meant to me. Um, you know, it's it's funny because you, you make a decision based on on school and the opportunity to play hockey. And, uh, it turned out to, uh, led to me, led me to my job, led me to meet my wife. Um, so I'll, I'm forever grateful to coach Cooley and, and for, for what, uh, you know, being a part of that, that first program, our first team, the program's history meant, but, um, you know what, it was just, it was a special group and it was a group of guys that, you know what, every single one of us kind of took a chance on something that we, that, you know, none of us knew what was going to be, what it was going to be like it was you know come play for this new team and and we'll we'll make it through and um you know like i said we figured things out as we went but um you know the memories that we have and um being able to say that we started you know kind of what this program is now uh is something special and i'm lucky enough to be surrounded by it every single day and get to see the team and and watch and practice watch and practice watch and play when we're at home and um, it's it's really really special to sit back every once in a while and just think about what you went through and what you guys are going through and um, that you know will forever be a part of that colonial family. Definitely. Um, so you know, sorry, you like you've like answered three of my questions. That was that was very good. <laughs> but uh, 
So how do you think, you know, you know, this team's obviously done a lot, you know, so skill-wise and performance-wise to rise to that next level. Um, so what do you think, you know, the future looks like for Robert Morris men's hockey? You know, 15 years in, yeah. what do the next 5, 10, 15 years look like? Yeah, no, I mean, it's <laughs> – I, I answered this question in my senior year in uh, an interview that I did and uh, just talking about some of the young talent that they had coming in and, and stuff. And, um, you know, I said that the future is bright for the university, I think, and for the program. And, um, you know, that, that obviously rang true, but I think – um, more and more of the success of Robert Morris and, and what they're doing and sending guys on to the professional ranks and, and you know, even into the business world and stuff like that. I think um, Coach Schooley and his staff uh, have done a phenomenal job from day one and uh, continue to do that. And I think uh, if they keep on the trajectory that they're going, um, I don't see uh, any reason why they, they, they can't continue to contend for championships every year, uh, NCAA bids every year. And, um, you know, hopefully – at some point, we'll get a rink on campus. Um, that'll that'll help the, the process, or at least an upgrade to our rink, which um, I really hope happens someday. But um, at the end of the day, um, we love the island, we love where we're at, and we're able to do what we need to do to uh, continue to be successful. So um, as long as they keep putting in the work that they're doing I, uh, on the staff and, and the players, um, I think Robert Morris Hockey is going to be, like I said, a, a contender every single year. Definitely. So now sort of tying into, you know, your career now you're obviously coaching with the women's team um so can you just give a little insight on you know how you made that switch from playing on the men's side to then you know you played a couple years of minor pro and then got into the coaching world yeah um i kind of always talked about wanting to get into coaching um and basically uh, after my freshman year of, of college um i went home that, that summer but after that i stayed in Pittsburgh uh, every summer and worked to hockey schools for RMU. And um, at the time, uh, but then he was my assistant coach uh, the first year with the men's team, and he ended up taking over the women's team, Nate Handraham. He was in charge of running those camps in the summer. So I would talk with him quite a bit about, you know, wanting to coach. And um, when I got done playing and, um, you know, the opportunity arose, I, I, I called Nate and, and he said, yep, I got a, like a spot for you here if you're willing to volunteer and come in and start uh, coaching and I, I wanted an excuse to get back to Pittsburgh uh, and back to Robert Morris so when that opportunity arose I jumped at it and um, you know when Nate moved on I was uh, lucky enough that uh, Coach Paul um, saw fit to keep me uh, around at Robert Morris and I'm, I'm grateful every day that he's done that and, and we've been able to do some really great things with the women's program. Definitely so uh, to, to wrap things up you know what do you think it means you know to the university of a whole to have two hockey programs that are playing at such a high level and you know the you know those teams are close and the fan bases are close you know sort of that hockey community at RMU I feel like has really grown um, so you know what do you think yeah that sort of means to the players to the community everything sort of yeah no doubt um, I think Robert Morris definitely um, you know 15 years ago if you just said Robert Morris was a hockey school I think some people would have laughed at you um, but 15 years later, I think you can definitely classify RMU as, as a hockey school and, and one that the school takes a lot of pride in their programs, both men and women. And, and like you mentioned, the, the, the fan base and the community around supports both hockey programs uh, greatly, uh, as does the school. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's fun because, you know, I still uh, communicate with, with fans that have been coming to Robert Morris games since day one and, 
and you know nobody's been around longer than Derek and uh, I'm a, I think I'm a close second as far as that goes with maybe one one or two years less than he has but just to see uh, the continued growth of, of hockey in Pittsburgh and hockey uh, at Robert Morris it's, it's a special thing and and something that uh, um, I'm really proud to have been a part of. Definitely well Logan we really appreciate you taking some time to chat with us tonight I know people are probably going to be amazed that you know like you said with two t-shirts and a pair of shorts and stuff like that um so you know in this 15th year of the program we appreciate having someone who can look back for us like that and uh you know best of luck to you and your team this year and we'll see you uh at the rink next week for the scrimmage absolutely thanks thanks liz i really appreciate it and yeah now i now i just got to go around and and bug the guys to see if i can steal a shirt from them because they got so many of them (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) but no yeah i appreciate it and uh we'll see you soon yep sounds good yeah I'm upset. 50,000 on my head is disrespect. So offended that I had to double check. I'm always take Margaret's now in full swing. We are in our second day. Of course, I am now watching Mars and Blackhawk. I am now in my third consecutive game of the day. It's uh, definitely something that I missed after a while. Uh, this segment of I'm Upset is actually not going to be as upsetting as the last couple. Um, I I think basically what I'm mostly upset about this week is that how hard it is to get a hold of information on youth hockey and, you know, these leagues like the PIHL, especially when it comes to these preseason tournaments. Now, I mentioned earlier that I will be at Kirk Nevin Arena in Greensburg for the Greensburg-Salem tournament. The issue that I'm having is that I had no clue of where to find any information on that. I knew that it was going to occur. I I knew that there had to be a secondary. There might be a third tournament that I'm not even completely aware of. But I cannot find any information on any of that. And that leads me around to a couple things. You know, like that was one of my major concerns with covering the S-Mark Stars. And... Some of the other, you know, these midget major teams, it's hard to find their schedules until after the games have started to be played. And this time of year, it's a lot easier to get in, see these teams at the rinks. At this time, it's easier for me to go, hey, you know, I can go there on this Saturday, or hey, I can go there. Luckily, like, this weekend is easy for me. I'm able to get out and get to Kirk Nevin Arena and check out these major, major league great matchups that they have in that tournament. I mean, you're looking at, I'll have Hempfield PT, which is a natural tournament for myself and Alan Saunders. Uh, we love to talk about back and forth about that, which got us in trouble. We mentioned it a little bit earlier with Andrew Zneski. Of course, i got to call him Andrew now, I guess. But, you know, moving along, I'd like to be able to create that environment that people could say, hey, you know, we're here this day. Will you please come out and see us? We would love to have you out there. And I've had that invite several times, several hundred times. And I think over the last year, we've grown so far exponentially that it's become a very, very, very well-known fact that we're going to be around. We're going to try to cover whatever we can. And we appreciate everybody that has their enthusiasm for what's going on. And... But we can't get everywhere, and I, as long as I don't have the information, I can't get there. And I want to make sure that we do have that information. So like I said, you can get a hold of us on Twitter, at PhD underscore Mitch, at PGH Hockey Digest. You can talk to Alan. You can talk to 
Andy, A.R. Wisniewski is his Twitter handle. You can get a hold of any of us uh, if you really want to. Of course, you can get a hold of Ed Major at Ed Major Photo. It, definitely, you know, things you can do to get that information to us. We would love to come out and check out your game. I mean, it was nice to go out last week. We saw, you know, I went out to Johnstown and I saw some really good hockey between the Johnstown Tomahawks and the Pitts and the Johns and the uh, Team USA National Developmental Team of U17s. And that was a fun little guy. You know, that was a fun night. And that was only because I was aware that of that game going on. It, it's a tough situation. Like, it was hard to find the information about Roman Kramer being on Youngstown's 30th team. And that, that's hard information to find, especially on those lower, the upper mid-tier junior teams that we have around us. Um, and I would like to hear that from you, please. If you have some information, a story, anything like that, please let us know. I'd love to be able to talk about it. I'd love to be able to research it. It would be great. I mean, just this past week, Kirk Nevin Arena flooded out. I didn't see anybody talking about the games being rescheduled, canceled. Anything on Twitter, anything on Facebook, nothing like that. Kirk Nevin Arena is where I found it. And it would be nice and I'm trying we're trying to create that environment I was talking with the coach from Hampton tonight Luke he was you know he's explaining you know I want these kids to get this exposure yeah, we do too that's the reason why we're doing this we want these kids to get the the ability to come out and say hey you know I've had some interviews underneath my belt I, you know I know how to do them <laughs> Hell, I gave you the one earlier this year about with Luke Rapepi from Thomas Jefferson he's a freshman he hugged me after my interview that's the type of stuff we're striving for I mean no not not goalies hugging, of course. That's that's a little strange. As a goal, as a former goaltender myself, and I'm not going to say former for long. I hope, um, but as a as a goaltender myself, it, it's it's cool to see that enthusiasm. It's cool to see somebody after a big game enjoying that, and you know, getting the spotlight a little bit. And we're trying to do that. And I, sorry, I just saw a J.C. Bell, one of our former interviewees just come in on a nice little give and go and do a Superman over the goaltender. But that's one of those things that we're trying to do. We're trying to close the gap of not having any coverage of P. Well, not we're not saying that we don't have any in the area. This is, we're trying to bring a little more comprehension, comprehensive coverage to the, the area for you guys. And it upsets me whenever I can't find the information and we want to bring you that information, bring you everything that we can and that's just one of those things that we're going to keep working on and we're going to strive on. So maybe I'm not so upset about it in the future. So, and that's it. I'm upset. It was most certainly a fantastic night of hockey here at the Alpha Ice Complex for the St. Margaret's face-off. And I would like to express my gratitude for the Alpha ice complex and their staff for allowing me to do this here um when i initially had the idea i reached out to them i wasn't able to get a hold of them but whenever i went through it anyway i guess you, you press until it hurts and see what happens and they reached out to me and they were more than fitting allowing me to take the press box in the usa rank tonight to bring you all the coverage that i can without being having to be set up in an area that's going to have a very large amount of people running around it so I'd like to thank everybody at Alpha Ice Complex for that. I hope that we get this, you know, this relationship can build for the next couple months, maybe years, at least hopefully through next Monday through the championship because 
I'm really excited about being able to bring that all to you guys next week. And yeah, I think that's it. Let's see what uh, we got going on. Once again, I will be at the game on Saturday at Kirk Nevin Arena. Of course, weather permitting between Hempfield, Pentrafford, and the uh, South Fayette and South Park in the Greensburg-Salem tournament. I'll be there on Saturday afternoon. Might do one of these in, in the lobby. I'm not 100% sure how that's going to work. But I'm definitely going to be doing one of these on Monday night. Same place, same time. Well, not the same time for the finals of the St. Margaret's tournament. It will be the teams that represented the top two pools. And we'll find that out on Saturday. I might do something with Facebook Live now that I know I have the ability to do so. So with that being said, I think we had a really good night of hockey talk. And we're going to get moving along with it. Uh, first and foremost, I would like to thank all our guests. The Mikes from Hampton. Pine Richland. The I'm sorry, Ronan Miller from Butler. Logan Biddle calling in, of course, of Robert Morris fame. And Andrew Wisniewski, not Andy, Andrew Wisniewski, for being a, an awesome co-host here this evening. I am Brian Mitchell, and I will see you in the rink. I can't time out goals and celebrations at the end of the po podcast any better. Bethel Park just scored to make it 2-1. 11-20 remaining in the second period. I'll see you in the rink, guys. Take care.